People, Deluded, I'm back again. Welcome back to another edition of the Deluded Podcast. It means a lot. As you can probably tell by now, I might as well get the elephant out of the room. I'm a bit under the weather. You can hear it in my voice. I can't lie, it hurts to talk, but content I forget make. Obviously, it's been another eventful week in the Premier League. We'll get on to that, but you've seen Spurs beat Manchester City. Liverpool go 22 points clear. Crazy game in the game against Everton and Watford. Um, VAR was at it again in Brighton and West Ham's game, I believe. Forgive me if I'm wrong and I've got that wrong. But it was an eventful week, people. And yeah, obviously, depending on what your team is, there's a bit of an international, I keep saying international, a bit of a winter break now for the Premier League, which is obviously very foreign and unusual to us football fans in England at this moment. But... Only time will tell if there's benefits. You're seeing a lot of players get time off and whatnot. You're also seeing for Arsenal, apparently we're going to Dubai. And in between that, Arteta is allegedly giving people time off to, you know, they can do what they want, really go on holiday to a next place, provided you're in Dubai or whatever, come training on Friday. We'll speak about that towards the end. But there's really not much to go through, really and truly, people. So it's going to be a bit of a quick car than usual podcast. So... Let's crack on. First and foremost, I wanted to speak about the January transfer window because we saw a lot. We saw, we heard Spurs were going to get a goal for Giroud. Chelsea wanted a striker. They didn't bring anybody in. Bruno Fernandes played against Wolves, but he was obviously signed in January. And I'm sure he's been linked with United, um, Sporting, Exporting Lisbon and United links have been there since probably 2017 or something. Igarlo's realised his childhood dream being a Manchester United fan and moved to Manchester United on loan. Um, you heard they wanted Josh King and a lot of other players. It's quite crazy in that regards. And Ismail Stumani had Spurs and, and United after him, allegedly. Um, champ, former Championship player and whole player, um, Jared Bowen's finally got a move and he's joined West Ham. It looked like he was actually going to join Crystal Palace the last time we were sat here and speaking about transfers, people. But I'm on the Premier League website now. And in relation to Arsenal, pardon me, obviously what started January, it seems like Jacker was going to head out. It, obviously with the rumours at the time and what happened on the field, they've been quashed. Primarily our business or our focus this window clearly was to go and get young players farmed out on loan to wherever and go and get experience. I believe six players have gone out on loan. James Olienka has departed to Northampton Town on loan and he's actually picked up an injury. Dijan Ilyalef has gone to Shalona Bayasok. Can't say that name, but he's gone on loan. Mavropanos has gone to Nuremberg. Emil Smith-Rowe's obviously gone to Huddersfield Town. Tyrese John-Jules is at Lincoln City. And Ben Schaaf has extended his deal at Doncaster Rovers. In terms of incomings, we needed reinforcements in defence. We've brought in Cedric Suarez in, on an initial loan, which can turn to a permanent. And we've also gone for Flamengo's centre-half Pablo Marie. Both are neither... Um, but both haven't done the Arsenal kit and played yet. Obviously, Suarez allegedly came to his Arsenal medical in a knee brace, and that would be Arsenal to sign injured players, people. Um, and we got Marie. Now, personally, I don't mind that. I'm, I've gone over Marie and whatnot in depth over my YouTube, but for me, yeah, it's potentially not the most inspiring of signings and things, Suarez as well. But I'm hoping that Pablo, Pablo Marie has unfinished Europe, business in Europe because he had a bit of a journeyman career in, in the second division in Spain, in his homeland. He's established himself at, in, in Brazil. Obviously, come back and prove to people that might have doubted you or yourself that you can be a success in, 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 in Europe. And obviously, the carrot of playing in the Premier League and playing for Arsenal is decent. The way Arteta has spoke on him, 
makes me wonder he might be more of a regular player than people might assume because people might see his profile and assume he's going to be a squad player. But Arteta on a couple of occasions now has made reference to the fact that, you know, he's a good ball player. He can play out from the back. Obviously, when you consider that he spent a, a period in in, in in Brazil, sorry, and might speak some level of Portuguese, David Luiz as well as is Brazilian speaks Portuguese, both meant to be ball playing centre halves. Pablo Marie is a left sided centre half. You can make you can write this one for yourself. That's likely to be the partnership. While in relation to Suarez, it's clearly just depth. Oh, I couldn't even say that word. Depth. Depth, sorry people, purposes. Allegedly, he can even play at left back as well, which probably makes this transfer more attractive. Obviously, he can play right back and that's his position. He's 28 years of age. I assume he brings some experience, having also not only age, but been part of a Portuguese side, which won the Euros a couple of years back. So you're hoping that he can come here and do something. Um, I'm past the stage of caring about names at Arsenal. Yes, there's the debate to be had about you get what you pay for, but they can't do much worse than generally everybody that's been here um, for for a period. I'm hoping that because Marie's not seen as this golden centre half, he's you know he can relish that. And I don't really care about profiles. I just want a competent and consistent defence or defenders. And if he can come and do that, or if they can come and give me that, then I'm not gonna complain, people. Moving to Aston Villa, they needed to bring in a goalie, and they've signed Pepe Reina. They've also signed Samata from Gent. They've brought back um, West Midlands native in, in Louis Barry from Barcelona. He was previously at West Bromwich Albion. They've signed Borja Baston from Swansea City on loan. And also Danny Drinkwater has joined. In terms of outgoings, Jacob Ramsey, a very good player, has gone out on loan. Or is, are you sure it's Jacob or is it Aaron? One of them went out on loan either way um, to Doncaster and signed a new deal. James Chester's joined Stoke. Scott Hogan went to Birmingham City which on loan, which, you know, he doesn't have to move house or anything. Um, Kalinic, Kalinic has gone to Toulouse on loan and Kodja has gone to the Middle East. Um, in terms of incomings, Bournemouth didn't bring in no one and they did get rid of a few. You saw, wow, Asma Begovic. Asmir Begovic gone to AC Milan on loan. Didn't even know that. Is that right? I didn't even know that one. Let me click that. I don't even trust that one there, people. Is that one on the Premier League website got that correctly? Oh, I'm mad. Raw people, swear down. 32-year-old. He went from being on loan at Kat Yarabag to this. Mad thing. I salute it. I rate that, man. AC Milan thing. I rate that. I swear he was at Chelsea as well. So, I rate that. And see, this people, some stuff went over my head. Raw. But yeah, other than that, they got rid of what I assume is a bunch of young players and whatnot. And they, Brad Smith has joined Cardiff on loan. Other than that, not too much to speak about. In terms of outgoings for Brighton, they've got rid of a host of names. Probably the most glaring is that they've let Leon Balogun go on loan to Wigan. And they've also, Bong has gone to Nottingham Forest on a permanent transfer. In terms of bringing people in, might as well be a, a new signing because Aaron, Aaron Moy, they've made his deal permanent. He's been a good player for them. Tariq Lampety signed for an undisclosed fee allegedly from Chelsea. Considering he had six months left on his deal, it can't have been too expensive. And that's an excellent piece of business, in my humble opinion, from Brighton. Because he, he can people say he can be a winger, but from what I see, he's very much the modern day wing back. He's very quick. He's quite strong for a small lad. He's a very much a Duracell battery. If he can develop, they've got a fullback for the future, a couple of years. And obviously, I don't like to keep linking money and football and football and money, but it's, it'd be naive to not state with the way football is with you know young English players and with there's percent there is resell retail resell sorry value in Tariq Lampety no disrespect to Brighton and Tyreek but I'm sure Tariq's got bigger ambitions than Brighton so he gets his head down 
plays there for a year to three, you know, get some experience, get some consistency, mainly some exposure to the Premier League, and then you take it from there. And like I said, Brighton, can't imagine they pay too much for him, but there comes the resale value and they can make a change on him, which can be reinvested. Burnley got rid of some players as well. Um, Naki Williams, they recalled him from QPR, I believe, and then shotted him to Bristol City. Um, and they've done some business with some other young players as well. People sending people out on loan. In terms of incomings, they've brought in Josh Browen from Bristol City. Don't know that player. And Henry Ogby from Ogunby from Manchester City, which I assume is a young player. Chelsea didn't bring people in, but they did some interesting outgoings. I mean, Jamal Blackman, who's been on their books for time, has gone on loan to Bristol Bristol, Bristol Rovers. Victor Moses um, went to Inter Milan on loan, as you know. George McCracken has been farmed out to Holland at SC Comba to be exposed to senior football people. While Charlie Brown, another one who needs football at that level, has joined the Belgium side, I believe, in Royal Union saint Gloss. I cannot say their name. Clinton Moller, a promising young player, I believe joined Stuttgart on a permanent basis. Obviously, you know Lampity has left. And Jacob Maddox, someone who's joined joined them from Bristol City at 14 years of age, is now 21, has joined Southampton on loan. I uh, I can, without even clicking on this link, he's obviously going to join the under-23s and there's potentially scope for a permanent move there, um, in my opinion, because he's 21. If, if he's going to join the 23s, then that must not, they must not believe he's ready right now to be to jump to make this step up maybe potentially a bit of that is they're going to bring him in they're going to see his level and assess and then see long term what they can do um crystal palace i believe to move for a young player i can't confirm this but they signed dundee's player scott banks let me click on that link i'm sure i saw that yeah young they signed a young lad scottish under 19 international he's 18 he joins on a three-year deal he's described as an attacking mid and he apparently made his debut earlier this season and he spent the campaign on loan at Clyde FC. Um, he won goal of the season and was named man of the match when they secured promotion from the second division. So he's got some first team exposure. He's got some pedigree. He might be exposed long term at Palace towards what they want to do quicker than than usual. But um, they brought in Czech Tolson on loan, which is also probably the most eye-catching of business. Everton's only deal was signing Jarad Brathwaite, a very promising young player from Carlisle United for a couple of million. While in terms of outgoings, I've just mentioned Czech, Lose, Czech Tolson, Lewis Gibson, um, Canham Connolly, Kieran Dell. Some promising young players have gone on loan. And Jonas Lawson, I believe, technically returns to Huddersfield Town on loan. Leicester have brought in Ryan Bennett. In terms of outgoings, Andy King went to Huddersfield. Um, not too much other things other than that. Philippe Benkovic, a decent centre-half, what from what Le Leicester fans tell me, went on loan. Liverpool brought in Joe Hardy, a striker who is, I believe has previously been at Manchester City and will link up with their under-23s while they've also signed, well, at the start of the year, even before January started, um, they signed Minimo, obviously, from Salzburg and he's still finding their feet. Brewster was farmed out on loan to, to Swansea and I saw him score and actually give a, give the ref a yellow card on a little banter thing um, the other day. So he's going to get experience and get exposed. Herbie Kane's joined Hull and they've did a couple of moves like that as well. They've sold Alan. I don't think he's made an official appearance for their first team. Um, he's, he returns to Brazil to join Atletico Mineiro. Um, Manchester City didn't bring anybody in, but obviously they sold a lad to Burnley. The left-back they brought in in, in in the summer of six months later hasn't worked out for him. Angelino has joined Red Bull Leipzig. Matt Smith has gone on loan to Charlton. Pandavar has got a, got out of under-23s football and made a permanent move to Leeds. 
They've also loaned two players out to Middlesbrough and Lucas Nemetia and Patrick Roberts. Patrick Roberts, I believe, spent the first half of the season at Norwich and it didn't work out for him. Manchester United obviously brought three men in. They brought in Agarlo to try and ease their burden up front and try and give them something. They've brought in Agarlo on loan and I believe they're covering the bulk of his wages. England under 20 goalkeeper Nathan Bishop has joined from Southend on an undisclosed fee, while obviously Bruno Fernandes has also joined from Sporting Lisbon. In terms of outgoings, outgoings um, Cameron, Bosch, Cameron Boschwick-Jackson is in that, that left-back. He's been on their books for a minute. He's gone on loan to Oldham. Marcos Rojo has returned to his homeland in Estudiantes. I can never say their name on loan. Um, Ashley Young obviously went to Inter Milan and a couple of other young players went to ply their trade away from home. In terms of outgoings for Newcastle, they released um, Key. They let Motherwell sign Rolando um, Aarons on loan. In terms of incomings, they signed Arsenal's youth player Stan Floteri, who will link up with their academy sides. Danny Rose has joined on loan. They've also got um, Valentino Lorenzo on loan from Inter Milan. And that might be an exciting option with him and Sat Maximin. And they've also brought back to the Premier League's former Spurs player, Nabit, Nabil Benteleb on a loan basis from Schalke. So we'll see what happens. Norwich brought in Sam McCollum. He's a left back who's just joined, well, just joined from Coventry City. He's actually not been in the senior game too much, people. And that's what makes it interesting. He was playing non-league, I believe. Picked up by Coventry, got his head down for a couple seasons or whatever. And now he's got a move to Norwich where he's not going to play in the Premier League immediately. But just like what they did with Madison, where they bought him from Coventry as well. Um, he might be blooded and he might get an opportunity. He's actually joined Coventry back on loan for the rest of the season. Um, and they've sent a whole host of players primarily out on loan. And in terms of incomings, they signed Duda from Hertha Berlin. They signed Melvin City from Solskjaer. Um, and they moved for Hoffenheim's Lucas Rupp. So they did their thing. In terms of Sheffield United, they obviously kissed goodbye to Callum Robertson, who went out on loan. Ravel Morrison went to Middlesbrough on loan and Richard Stearman was released. And they did some other movements with young players. In terms of incomings, big signing in Sander Burge. You've seen him for Gent in the Champions League. Good passer. Man Mountain, six foot something. Again, resale value with that. Um, big, big signing for them. Um, they signed Jack Robertson. I believe that's the former Liverpool Academy graduate. While Jack Rodwell, who's not hit anywhere near the Heights projectors as a kid, has found a home in Sheffield United for some time. They signed Restos on loan from Leverkusen. And they actually moved for FM football manager legend Ricardo Zivkovic. I can never pronounce his name, but I'm sure this lad was at Groningen. If you play football manager, he was a legend in football manager. An absolute madman in the game, people. And they've loaned him from a Chinese club, so his career must have been a bit mad. I remember when he was at Ajax, and I'm sure he's 23. Yeah, he's 23. He went. He was at Groningen. He was went to Ajax. Didn't really get. Didn't really break through at Ajax. Went to William and Utrecht on loan. Didn't bang for him. I believe he went on loan to Ostdance. I can't say that name. I believe they're technically a Belgium club. Found his feet of such. And now he's joined, well, he's been at a Chinese team. So hopefully that makes his, you know, that his pocket's decent. But he just hasn't had quite the career. And he's joined on a six-month loan with an option to buy. So I'm sure he's itching to get his career of sorts back on track. So good luck to him. Hopefully, you know, he can do his thing. But he's a football manager legend. Southampton, like I said, they brought in Jacob Maddis from Chelsea. And they also brought in on loan Kyle Walker-Peters. And they also let a couple of players go out on loan. Josh Sims, that's a weird move. He's gone to Red Bull. 
um, New York Red Bulls. Wasn't he doing all right in their academy? Well, not even their academy, in the first team for them at a point. How old is he? 22. Now you do your thing in in in, Red, in New York, my guy. They've let Kane Ramsey go out on loan as well. Obviously, they um, Cedric Suarez departed. Um, Yoshida went out to Sampdoria on loan. Callum Stat. Stati, I can never say his name, has gone to Belgium on loan. Spurs, who I believe are contenders for best business of the window. You've seen them confirm the move for La Celso. They've brought in Gedson Fernandez. Haven't seen too much of him, to be honest with you, since he's joined. Must Jose must want to see something from him in training or hasn't seen something he wants to see yet. They obviously signed, I signed for, for Spurs in Steven Bergwijn. And you saw me play and get a goal against Man City. Good moves, people. Jack Clark joined um, joined QPR on loan. Paris Magoma was sold to Brentford. Carl Walker-Peters was sold, as you already know. Cameron Carter-Vickers went to Luton. Danny Rose was shipped out. Kaziah Sterling's joined Leighton Orient, sorry. Oakley Booth was sold to Stoke. Not quite hit the heights projected as a kid. Cameron Carter-Vickers went on loan to Luton. The biggest dip, So a number of young players changed their futures and tried to advance. But the key bit of business, evidently, is obviously Ericsson completed his move to Inter Milan. More or less, Watford brought in a bunch of young players, Jao Pedro and a couple of other things. Didn't really do anything of significance. West Ham signed from Stava Prague on loan, Thomas Suik. They've signed Darren Randolph and they brought in Jared Bowen. They sold Martin um, Samuelson to Hull and Nathan, Collin Nathan Holland was farmed out to Oxford United. Wolves brought in Luke Maidstone, the young player that's been at Rochdale for a million pounds and I believe he's technically been long back or that's what i heard leonardo Compano um has joined the vet um i think he's from venezuela he played in the under 20s world cup didn't score but he's a young striker they signed nigel lonvik from psv and they also signed enzo ludorice i can't say his name but he used to play for dijon very small and diminutive central midfielder and they moved for olympiacos's daniel pendance who's been you know getting admirers doing his thing in the champions league for olympiacos well Obviously not anymore. They obviously complete. They they sold. They they sold a couple of players still. Well, only one really. Calviero's joined Fulham on a permanent basis, and I believe that technically wraps up all of January. As you lot know, technically January is a notoriously tough time to do business. To put it nicely, even the best of clubs struggle. Um, whether that's an excuse or actual fact, who knows, people. But moving away from all of that, and let's crack on with the Premier League now. At this point, is there any? Is there much point talking about the Premier League? Leicester and Chelsea drew two-two. Um, well done, Leicester, for claiming points of Chelsea. But it's another two points drop for Chelsea, and they're making the race in relation to them getting top four ten times harder for themselves. In relation to Newcastle and Norwich, they played out a nil-nil draw. Um, Spurs, big big three points against Manchester City. Um, I mean, in, in City's case, I don't know how they... How, I don't know. They've only got themselves to blame for that game because they had numerous times to score. They didn't score, bottled the penalty. On the, on the topic of penalties, um, only Manchester United in seven have missed more penalties than Manchester City. Um, who have missed six, six sorry, in the start since the start of last last season, which is ridiculous. Um, that that is that is quite mad, people. Really, that a quality team like that is struggling. Um, away away from that as well, Manchester City have now lost six games in the Premier League this season, which is their joint most in a single campaign under Pep Guardiola, people. So it's been quite poor for for them and they face a lot of inquests. They they shot themselves in the foot. They had numerous chances to score and they just didn't do it. 
Obviously, they didn't put the penalty away. There was a bit of other circuses. Sterling should have been sent off. Aubameyang was sent off for that. Sterling should have been sent off. But I think Spurs played well. Spurs counted with some in uh, intent. They deserved their second goal. They hung up. They hung in there. And Bergwijn, he looks a bit off the pace in the Premier League, but he looked very sharp and a fully fit, sharp Bergwijn can do dirt. I think Winks was a man inspired for Spurs in that middle, snapping at everything, mopping up and whatnot. Didn't think Dele Alli had the best of games, but either way, it's not about that. Collectively, without their top goal scorer in Harry Kane, they did a job. Obviously, you saw the party antics from Jose Mourinho, and it's all doing the rounds on social media and whatnot, people. Um, it's, it's very much Jose Mourinho has Pep Guardiola's number, because that was the 23rd meeting between the two the two managers. Jose has lost the game 10, has lost 10 times against the Spaniard, four more times than he has against any other manager. Um... No, I meant, so I said, apologies, people. I meant Pep probably has his number, Jose's number technically, but it's been a decent day for Jose. Um, going back to the penalties, and which is crazy, and people might need to do penalty shooting again. Man City have failed to score four of their last six penalties they've taken across all competitions, with three different players accounting for these spot kicks. Gab Jesus has missed two, Sterling and Gundogan one apiece. And for me, you've got to wonder where did it all go wrong for City? Did it all go wrong? Really, when a centre-half was injured? Or is it a case of failing to prepare, preparing to fail? Because, listen, Liverpool were quality last season, but it just shows how mad the Premier is because they'd done all them things and still were bettered by City. So is there an air of complacency? You have to say there is, from the manager, from the recruitment, from the the owners and the players. They've prob evidently felt they're better than they are at, at times, um, people. Whether that's been subconsciously or conscious. I think Pep, he needs to, if he's going to stay, he's going to have to reinvent himself. First and foremost, got to open that checkbook. But he's going to have to reinvent himself again, really, because they're, they're so, whether it's just a crazy league or not, facts is they are way off. And it's, 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 it's up there probably with worst title defences. You look at Chelsea a couple of years, you look at Leicester's, and I don't know about statistics, but they've not put up a fight to retain that trophy, that Premier League really and truly. And it's Liverpool's to lose. Even if even if Liverpool Liverpool have to try harder to lose that Premier League title than to actually keep winning games, people. To get it, like, it's, and that's through Liverpool being consistent and whatnot. But Pep's going to have to go again. They've players have evidently got um, got complacent. You look at the spine previously of Silva or Fernandinho who signed a new deal and company and all of these people. They're either too old or potentially stagnant. So some new young blood has to come in. Some quality players, maybe a great attacker that can shake things up even more. Centre half is another one. I actually think they need a central midfielder. Evidently they need a left back because Zinchenko is decent there, but he's a shoehorned man there at best. Personally, I think Mendy's a good player, but I'm not really convinced in him. Angelino, again, poor recruitment, brought back to the club six months later, has gone out on loan. Rodri's been decent, but they failed to really do anything. And it is, it is what it is in that regards. They're going to have to really reinvent themselves of such people. Um, going back to, well, staying on, on topic with this game as well. In all competitions, only Jamie Vardy has scored more goals against Pep Guardiola's Manchester City than Son Heung-min, which is five, since he took over in 2016. In relation to Burge Wright's opener or my opener, I became the 250th player to score in his debut in the Premier League and the 13th Dutchman to do so, people. Um, so it's a bit mad in that regard. In relation to Liverpool versus Southampton, that was a bit of a weird game because I felt for a period Southampton were holding it up. They were, you know, attacking a bit. They were not being broken down too easily. And I think early in the early periods, Liverpool were having to do some long balls. But you can't contain this Liverpool side, man. Sometimes when you're playing well and you work hard, these things just come natural. And 
I'm listen. Do I need to talk about Salah and Firmino and Ox scoring it and, and Henderson stepping up? Listen, if you're watching Liverpool, it's amazing what they're doing. One of the best teams to have played in the Premier League, earned their place in in Premier League history and Liverpool history. It's their first league title in 30 years. We're gonna have to be shameful. We used to mock Liverpool for not winning the league. Now, people, I don't make the rules, people. But in the same way, you know, it's all bants. But we're gonna have to shamelessly say, "Oh, Liverpool have only won it for, um, once in thirty years for all the money they've spent." We're gonna have to be shameless. But on a serious note, you can't help but admire what Liverpool are doing. For me, in short, consistency. Like Klopp, don't even have to tell them and they what to go out and do because they know they're chasing excellence. They want. They're not chasing. Obviously, they want to be invincible. Want to win champs. Want to win prem. But they're going to. They. They're chasing a legacy. Them players there, regardless of what you feel about them, because I think they've got world class players or quality players in today's market, and they've got some players that are not glamorous but are very consistent and great at what they do. They're chasing glory. They want to be held in Liverpudlian. Liverpudlian. Sorry, not even Liverpool Football Club. This Liverpool. That whole thing. They want to go down and create a legacy because you lot know Liverpool is a club that reflects the community a lot people and they want to see the parades they want to see their names etched in history Klopp has brought it back to them and rightly so man they deserve everything they're doing man like you lot know me I like to banter rivals and whatnot, but you have to take your hat off sometimes and they're playing mad Liverpool have now won each of their last 20 league games at Anfield only, only, only once in English top flight history as a team had a longer streak on home soil which was also Liverpool under Bill Shankly. So, again, legacies, people. Look how many games they're winning, let alone just being in the top of the title. Mo Salah has scored more home goals this season in the Premier League than any other player. And since he's joined Liverpool in 2017, only Messi and Lewandowski have more goals in, Euro, um, in Europe's Big Five than him, um, which is his 43 at this moment in time. Um, so, big up to him. Um... Brighton's game was crazy. I mean, Snodgrass deflected effort. Glenn Murray, VAR, got his goal. Glenn Murray's actually scored 26% of Brighton's all-time Premier League goals, which is 26 out of 99, I assume. Um, so he's a, every, bit a every bit a legend. And that was a crazy game. 3-3. Free, free. VAR had a big part to play in it. Snod Snodgrass deflected efforts. It was crazy. 10 men Everton came back from two goals down to defeat Watford away from home. Watford only have themselves to blame. Again, another crazy game. Moise Keane, if that was a pass, then great vision to find Walcott. But if that didn't get converted, that might have been up there for miss of the season or opportunity miss of the season. But either way, Theo, who had a quiet game, was able to nick three points for Everton. Delph was sent off. I did think it was a harsh yellow card, but is what it is. Um, he needs to fix up. And if I didn't mention it, Liverpool won, obviously won 4-0 against Southampton. Um, Brighton won 2-1 against Villa and they'll take any three points they can get and that's a vital three points for, for, for Bournemouth. Sheffield United have always been a tough team to play away from home and they showed that with their 1-0 victory um, away to Crystal Palace. You obviously had Man United and Wolves 0-0. That was an entertaining game for me as a neutral. I think Bernardo Silva... Bernardo Silva, Bernardo Fernandez playing a bit of a from a United player or for again I'm no expert on him but probably playing in a slightly different role because he needs but needs must then you would like him to play or have him down as playing but I think he you know he could have shot more but he did okay passes were good I like that he looked frustrated with people when they're not moving when you play I know Man United are not winners anymore like that but when you play for United you need to be brave and stand up he seems like he's off that silk and he's relishing it he's 25 he's won the, he's won the Euros with Portugal you don't really have time to waste so yeah man it was a bit of a it was a bit of a dodgy game um it's a nil nil stalemate Wolves versus Man United is always one of them sort of games there um 
So it is what it is in that regard. I don't feel Martial had the best of games again. And you don't know me, I'm a big fan of his. Similar to United, my team, last but not least, Arsenal drew 0-0 to Burnley. Why we drew that game, you got to, you got to shoot to score goals, people. I think that was through... I don't think, I'm not blaming Arteta. I do think Arteta made some poor decisions by his own logic, but that's probably his worst game under us. Um, I feel, obviously, if we lost this or things went wrong, then people would have questioned Mustafi playing. Mustafi was the probably man of the match from an Arsenal perspective or definitely contender or top two performers. So people can't even start their agendas. He repaid Arteta's faith. People might say, listen, Torreira, we can't, we need to stop being silly. Like we need more options in midfield because it's unhealthy for a team to have to rely on Torreira. For, for somewhere so important like midfield, obviously key players make the difference. But for Torreira not to be in the midfield and to see it dramatically drop off in quality, we need someone who can do that or we need to address that. Um, not really a leg to stand on playing Gwendozi ahead of um, Torreira really and truly because we know the Shaka and, and Gwendozi pivot, it don't really work. Um, the only pivot that seems to have any un real understanding and consistency is obviously Xhaka and Torreira. If, if Torreira's got a knock and fatigue, that's all cool, but why have him on the bench? Play him, take him off if anything. So I don't think he can have a leg to stand on. Obviously... The good partnership that Sacra and Martinelli have down the left was interrupted. Aubameyang had to go on the left, Martinelli on the right to play Lacazette. Arteta is entitled to use his side however, however he wants. But my problem would be you need to probably save Lacazette from himself now and take him out of the team because Lacazette did not play and has not been playing like someone that we need to accommodate the, the, the other players for that are performing better. Aubameyang's missed the last couple of games for obvious reasons with his suspension. Martinelli's a young man and was largely anonymous on the right-hand side. Listen, he still needs to learn how to play on that side regardless. But you, you, to, to move, to, to disrupt the consistency that he had and to, you know, to Aubameyang, we're, we're chasing the game, we're trying to get in the game and Aubameyang's crossing the ball. If I'm if, if I'm Burnley at, at home, I don't mind that. You're top goal scorer because in the first half, Aubameyang's actually making runs and it's causing problems. I feel Arteta has to hold his hands up because he, he needs to learn quickly. We have to use Lacazette and Ozil to the end of the season, but considering Lacazette is going almost a year from scoring now, away from home, Ozil's yet to score or assist away from home in a minute now. It is what it is. The board have to help him. Kronke has to help him and bring in some real quality players, not necessarily for price tag people. On the topic of Aubameyang, of course, as well as Lacazette, Aubameyang had a wonderful chance to finish as well. But I'll forgive Aubameyang because, he, listen, he's been, if you're looking for consistent players, he's our most consistent player. So hold everybody accountable. But yeah, it's very much two points dropped because it, it's a case of what could have been. Now, we're lucky because obviously you saw Jay Rodriguez hit the, box, hit the, the ball, hit the bar and then bounce off the line. So we got away with it. But yeah, man, there's a reason we've got five draws in a row and we've got 13... Um, draws, draws all season which is the, a league high it's a mixture of game management not shooting enough and naiveties really and truly um, that was probably in all the draws we've had I'd say that and Everton probably the worst games really and truly but um, all we can do as, as Arsenal is move forward I don't think I'm missing any other Premier League sides out in terms of Premier League action forgive me if I actually am people you know I don't mean anything by that um, what else is there Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. Oh, there's not much really and truly, people. We might. Oh, we might as well quickly, briefly go over some European stuff. Um, 
Daniel Maldini, the son of obviously the legend Paolo Maldini, made his debut for Atletico for AC Milan, sorry, in the 1-1 draw against Verona. I'm sure you all saw Neymar booked for doing skills in the PSG game. As well as that, I'm sure you all saw Mbappe throwing a tantrum when he was subbed. I like to see players upset about being subbed, but again, he needs to potentially realise it's a collective effort. But all great stars have that. All superstars, as he self-proclaimed himself at times, have that. He's going to cre create destiny. Um, too cool for what it's worth. Obviously, you saw him try to shake his hand and he was brushed off. He said, it doesn't look good, but we are not the only club where players react like that. This shows how professional and focused they are every day. But this gives the impression that they're not always like that. And I'm sad because it's not necessary. I explained to him why I came off and that will be that. I always make decisions for sporting reasons. This is football, not tennis. And you have to respect everyone. And potentially Mbappe probably is believing his own source now. He's a World Cup winner. He's destined for greatness. You heard his interview in English on the BBC. He said he's a superstar. Now in a positive way, but you've got... To, people need to remember he's still young because... This could any other team again. It's no excuse. He's played enough games, and again, that's not how you act. But any young player, we, don't just look at his Kylian Pepe and just judge him on it as a young teenager that's enjoying his football. How many young players have you seen frustrated? You see old players frustrated. How much times did we, we as Arsenal fans used to see Lacazette vex after sixty minutes? How much time have you seen Ozil throwing down things? It's not. It's 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 something top players have. I don't excuse it, but it's something all of them have, people, man. And and it's and it's needed to a degree. Obviously, you got to rein it in. You got to remember it's a team sport. You got to respect your teammates and whatnot. But it is what it is. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo's now on ten goals in his last six games, and he struck twice, scoring two penalties. Um, as Juventus beat Florentino, Kevin Pro Prince Boateng has joined his twelfth club of his career, people as he signed on loan to Turkish side Besiktas, where he'll link up with an Arsenal rival, um, with his, obviously due to his Spurs ties, in Mohamed El Nene, who apparently want to get rid of him, people. Um, they want to get rid of him. So it's not looking too great in that regard. Um, what else is there to speak on? Really and truly, I'm not going to lie to you lot, people. There's not really too much, like I said, there's not too much cracking in the world of football, really. So we might as well just round it up in relation to what I have to speak about Arsenal. Um, in fact, before that, um, apparently, do you know what? James Wilson, a man, a, a young former Manchester United player, made his under-18s debut at 14 years of age, a couple of years ago playing in the Premier League. And now I've seen that he signed for Salford City in League Two. And I think that shows how crazy football is, people, and how up and down football actually is, really and truly, and how crazy it can get people. Um, so in that regards, that is what it is. To round up, though, apparently Arsenal and, and Everton have sub submitted bids for Leo centre-back Gabriel during the January transfer window. Apparently, Leo wanted more money and it's likely both teams will go for him in the summer. You actually saw that Samore rejected a move to Newcastle in the summer. So that's potentially two signings Arsenal need to go back for in the summer. In fact, I'm going to do another video on this for my YouTube and I'm going to highlight Samore. Um, like I've already said, people, um, apparently Arteta... Arteta has invited the players to go on holiday um, before they link up to go to the to go up to 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 Dubai, and he apparently he's invited them to tell their their well, obviously their immediate family, their girlfriends or wives and kids slash kids to come, and obviously that's to make it a bit more intimate and obviously you know get closer to the squad and stuff. We've got to use this time to really bond as a team, in my humble opinion, people. I don't think there's anything of relevance really to add in football, really and truly. I'm, so I'm not going to waste any more of your time. It's a dry week because, like I said, with the international break. But 
I mean, if nothing more, we've spoken about the Premier League. We've spoken about the transfers or reviewed the window. Yeah, man, we've caught two, two jokes and whatnot. But for now, people, DG, I've got to keep it moving. If you haven't had enough of me, make sure you check out my YouTube account, Delude Guna, on everything. Um, as well as well as YouTube on everything. The only well no, I'm lying to you. It's Deluda Guna on YouTube. Deluda Guna 04 is all my socials. Um D Guna 04 is my Snapchat. Yeah, man, thank you for rocking with me for this 30, 35 minutes, however long it says it's recording for. But on that note, everything good has to come to an end. So until next time, people, thank you for listening. DG.